Hi everyone, welcome to Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. I'm Langdon DeMint. And I'm Julian Taylor. And welcome to our podcast. So hello and, and welcome to episode three of Two Bald Guys Talking Safety. Um, I'm joined again by my good friend in Nashville, Tennessee, Mr. Langdon DeMint. How are you, Langdon? I'm great. How are you, Jules? I'm good. Um, we've got a first here where I'm actually doing the podcast from home. So the British guy is finally doing the podcast from the United Kingdom. And and today is 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 an interesting subject, Langdon. We're going to be talking about the difference between training and learning. So training versus learning and 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 really starting to think about why that is so important in terms of engaging people and how that can start to affect culture. Um, and I wanted to start with a story, if I can. And it's a, it's a story about me and my ineptitude with Excel. Um, I've been on, I think, probably three, three or four day-long Excel training courses with, with great trainers where we've, we've looked at some really good things that you can do in Excel, all the usual things that, that, that people like to do. Um, the issue I have is that I don't use Excel very often. And, and, and what commonly happens then is, is I come to use Excel and I know I want to do something and I know it's possible in Excel because I've been trained to do it. But actually, I can't remember quite how to do it. So I end up wasting an, a, a, an amazing amount of time trying to do the thing that I want to do. Um, and, and I think it's a really sort of good example of of sort of traditional training that that we lots of businesses do in lots of disciplines, but actually it's not that effective, is it? Um, so so today we want to start to think about how we could change that in the world of health and safety, and, and make training something that's a more engaging, but but more importantly when we think about safety it actually has a positive effect and changes the way that people do things. Langdon, I know you've got some some thoughts as well. Yeah, no, I, I think that's good. And, you know, I'm, I was actually thinking about something. So in my undergrad, my major was biology. Um, and so, you know, we had all the organic chemistries, all the microbiology, you know, went through all that. One of the most difficult classes I had was biostatistics and everything framed around was utilizing Excel. And you're right. It was one of probably the most difficult classes and it was because of them. I mean, this was 15 years ago, but still an entire semester devoted to it. And it was a hundred percent Excel and I am terrible at Excel. And it does kind of go to show now, did I learn a lot in that class? Yes. Did I learn about using Excel? No. And and that's the, you know, it is a good, this is a topic we love. I know Jules and I both have quite a good history, um, very in-depth in, in regards to working with this and just how that incorporates within health and safety uh, as a whole. But it is an, a very interesting topic when you think about what is training? What does good training actually look like? What is, how does learning embedded into that? So yeah, I'm looking forward to the next few minutes of hopeful, hopefully good banter of knowledgeable topics. And, 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 and it's interesting, Langdon, because my background, I was a training manager for, for a large business. And I, I kind of look back 
now and and think we were quite misguided in a lot of the things that we did we thought we were doing a great job but we would bring people away from the workspace for maybe two or three days at a time sit them in a classroom and and we'd 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 go through lots of things and give them lots of information and again it's that that classic thing now as as we've moved on in terms of what we can do and the way we can deliver training in terms of how much of that stuff did they actually retain and it's it's probably not a great deal um so it, it's how can we change our approach and and i suppose the next step was then e-learning was going to be the big thing wasn't it and it was the big buzzword for a while um was to move to e-learning but we we're still taking people away from the workplace maybe for a short period of time it might be 30 minutes it might be an hour but again the the thing that's missing is that then taking that information and putting it into use immediately isn't it yep well that's you know i I think so that was when i came out and i first started working with the organization i did uh, i guess that was 12 years ago now and in regards i was a health and safety consultant there and we were you know managed internal health and safety we did a lot of um, external training external health and safety consulting of course and I remember there were so many people that were vested in learning and, you know, you had the learning theory and they were the, excuse me, the experts in the, in that realm and incorporating just to what you said, how can we get good training for, for everyone across the board? And the whole e-learning was, I mean, that was like the, the magical new thing that was kind of like a cure all answer. And it was funny because I came from very much, my mom was a teacher for 32 years before she retired and you know teachers like all in the family it seems like it within in tennessee um so learning can should be more training should be more personable we should be there to actually be able to hear it so i was always a more of a blended type approach anyways but it's still how could so many people when we have to figure out how to how to get everyone not just engaged but actually understanding what what does what does their job entail what what's around them how can we make that easier and i don't really know that there is a a cure-all for that but there is there's a lot of things i think to your point that we've tried to do to make to make easier and honestly i don't know that it's been done historically easier or maybe even better necessarily i think it's a good that's a very good point yeah, and I think, I, I mean, I mean, for me, the the the, the I, I love thinking about all of this stuff, and it, it's trying to step back and think about how can we do things more effectively, and 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 what works, what doesn't work, and if you think about your own life experiences, I I think I think back to learning to drive a car, and and there's this this sort of process that you go through of, first of all, I've never driven a car in my life, so I'm I'm unconsciously or consciously incompetent i know there's there's something there that i i I want to do but i'm I'm not capable of doing it now as you start to learn to drive do you remember those awkward moments i mean you you in america there's not a lot of stick shifts are there but if if you learn to drive it used to be (laughs) yeah yeah so you you, but if you learn to drive with a with a manual gearbox or a stick shift as 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 you would call it um you consciously think about everything that you're doing, don't you? So you consciously think about moving the gear lever through the gearbox, 
the steering, the using of, of, of indicators. And, and, and that's conscious competency where you're starting to be conscious about the thing that you're doing and, and, and starting to become competent in it. But actually what happens over time is that the more that you do it, you become unconsciously competent. So actually you do it without thinking about it, don't you? So you think about when you drive now, you drive a car, you don't consciously think about changing gear, the steering inputs and so on. And and that's where we want to get to with health and safety in the workplace, isn't it? Where people just do the right thing. Um, and I suppose the thing that's really exciting in terms of training and the change in training that's that's happening at the moment is is this training at, at the coalface, if you like. So micro small learnings that people can do at the point of work when it's completely relevant. So it means that we take away this 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 gap, if you like, from the between the training and the and the activity. So actually, the the, the the sort of unconscious competency comes from somebody then doing something on a daily basis, but they know they're doing it in the right way. Yeah, and and you know it's. I think the more I think about it, um, there's a lot of variance also that occurs because you also, you have to take it that we're, so there's of, of course different levels of, of training from our awareness training that you, everybody needs to have to your compliance training that because of regulatory issues, there's some stuff that has to be uh, trained upon. Everyone must be aware of. And then even kind of, I would say further past that, maybe your best practice. And really all three are important and crucial, but what we're wanting and what we're asking everyone to do is to almost be a, I won't say an expert and that's a stretch, but we're asking everyone to be super knowledgeable in a lot of different areas. And when you think about that, it's tough. There's only a few of us that actually have that expertise. No, I'm kidding. That's, and that's, and that, you know, in general, that's pretty, that's strong. You know, I think about it, I put it back in, you know, we talk about golf all the time and we play golf as often as we can. And I've played as long as I can remember. And you talk about even the pros, it's, it's fine tuned things. And it's the same principle here that no matter how much we do that same repetition, sometimes failures happen, sometimes little gaps in awareness or gaps in even maybe what knowledge was presented in the training. So then we realized that there were, there were little bitty systematic um, failures that existed throughout that, that could have led to something. So it, it's, it is also understanding how can we provide the best training that, and what does that actually mean for everyone going forward? And, and it is because of that, I think, factor that everyone learns differently. Everyone, um, everyone understands things a little differently. So how can we, how can we really bridge that gap better than, than we have historically when we do have such a wide gamut that everyone has to be, have at least have an understanding of, and that's, you know, we're making some general, uh, gentle, honestly, assumptions here of, of thinking kind of just the baseline, but there's some high hazard environments, some industries that are very sophisticated in processes, maybe it's lab work, whatever it is. And, you're talking very minute potential hazards or trainings that they have to have from even regulatory organizational best practice. So then it starts getting, how do we actually make that training? How do we make that look better? So it, it does check 
boxes. And, and I say check boxes, not as just a, um, not as the quick thought, but check boxes as ensuring everyone is getting what they need to get. And that's when I think it, it becomes complicated, honestly. And I think you make a really important point there, Langdon, which is, is we can be so aspirational that, that we've become a bit aloof about that, that sort of tick box, the compliance piece, which is still important. We need to do that. But I think when we think about our maturity curve, our health and safety maturity curve, where we want to be trying to help people to move from, from that, that sort of compliance stage through proactive towards excellence, that actually it's those, almost if you think about it, it's those, those tweaks that you talked about with your golf game. Those are the things that we want to keep doing on a daily basis. And that's where micro learning can become a really useful tool. And I, I was just thinking about this the other night that things like toolbox talks uh, or tailgate talks that uh, as they're sometimes called that's a tweak to me so that's that's a tweak that we're going to do at the start of a shift maybe to encourage people just to refresh and remember the way to do something safely and and thousands of times i've been asked can we get a signature to show that somebody's attended a, a toolbox talk and I, and I kind of almost challenge back with what value does a signature give it doesn't prove anything does it proves that they that they they were there in body but nothing else um and 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 i think that's where it gets exciting with things like micro learning because what we can do is our toolbox talk can be can be consumed easily at the point of work using a mobile device but the really good bit then is that we can put some kind of quiz or some kind of check in there to say actually have they understood the toolbox talk and, and and has it sunk in and that starts to move things move the game on doesn't it you know and it, it is that challenge oh for sure 100 percent. and it's that challenge of so most of the time people are doing so much because they're covering bases from a regulatory perspective and i get it you know that you need to do that please don't take anything we're saying is Please, sir, we don't need to document. Yes, document who's had their training. Just if OSHA or other regulatory body ever comes, they look at that. So just bear that in mind. And that is important to ensure that everyone, and that's your way also of just understanding who has gone through what. But when we think of, you know, there's certain requirements that you have to sit through hours of training, or it might be a couple of days and for a lot of people, if, if we're removing them from, so, I mean, there's a number of factors under that. I mean, you could almost use the iceberg example that if you remove somebody from the workplace for a couple of days, what, what can that actually do? And from a productivity, from a, even potentially a quality for putting somebody else in that job, uh, that job while the other person's going to training. And then we're anticipating them on becoming not an expert necessarily, but to a certain extent, an expert to understand all the hazards or what, what's, what is around them. And then, so, so that's your training. So we're giving that, how can we ensure that training is actually, it's good and it has learning embedded in it. And that's from my perspective, that's one of the most important things is to always remember. So I'm a big proponent of a good learning culture. And that's because all avenues of an organization can honestly be framed around learning, meaning they they're wanting to learn to be better, to get better, whether it's productivity, whether it's quality, whether it's health and safety, really, it's all of it. So if if we can embed learning in that, meaning 
people are getting that awareness. They're getting that better understanding of maybe there's a new hazard that's been presented. Maybe there was a better way to do the job. Maybe there's a job hazard analysis. Their JHA is actually somehow embedded in that little micro learning or that that quick training as a refresher. The more that that's in there, honestly, the better that that's going to be because we're making it real. You know, there there was one. I don't know what they would technically call it. One training piece, when virtual reality a few years ago, when it was kind of on the verge of, is it going to take off? Is it not? To me, that made more sense than e-learning than anything. And it was because, and I went through one and it was because you're talking about, you could create a scenario, put it on, you know, go through that entire scenario and it it was their job. You could make their job specifically and they're doing it. Now, I understand a lot of people got, a lot of people get sick. A lot of people can't handle that. And they, so there are, there's some speed bumps to the virtual reality, but it it's that principle, kind of what you said earlier of it's the, it is one of the closest things to being in the job without being in the job, taking away from the job and also experiencing all the hazards that can be in that job. And that's to me that that's one of the most important things when we think about learning it's, it's establishing better cadence of understanding more knowledge and being able to gain that and process that within their jobs. So, I, you know, it's, it's an interesting topic of how can we make sure that we're getting all the training we have and that learning is really embedded in all of that. So it's not just that, Checkbox. Oh, Jules did this. Oh, Langdon's had his. Yeah. So, and, and I think that's it. Training v learning. Learning is 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 actually that being able to demonstrate that 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 the knowledge has been taken on board and it's being put into practice. So, and and I, I love what you say there about the 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 virtual reality because it it does make it really relevant and real really real world. Um, I am one of those people who will vomit though if you put me into one of those headsets. So it's not a good solution for me. We should try it. Yeah, we should try it. Um, you made me think of another couple of things there, though, um, Langdon, which is, is 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 first of all, I think another pitfall of kind of the compliance approach, if you like, is the danger is we tick that box, and then and then we don't we don't retrain until we absolutely have to. So if there's maybe a legal requirement, we come back to it in two, three years time. So actually there's these big sort of gaps between training. So I think we should make training just more of a, a more of a, a, a regular thing that is done on a regular basis. And, and that way, what we start to do is we start to create this culture where learning is just a part of, of what we do. But again, it's related to the real world. Um, and, and, and that point of work piece is so important in terms of that, that it's it's immediate and then the other thing that 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 i think is is particularly important in terms of this whole piece so it it's sort of impart the knowledge people go and put it into practice but then i think another area that health and safety teams and managers can really be thinking about is how do we bring coaching into the workplace to really then underpin and and support the the learning that's been happening so that presence on uh, sort of at the point of work of safety professionals. So we can actually just discuss with people, why do you do things that way? Are there ways that we could do it more effectively? Because again, that point of work conversation and that point of work coaching is 
probably the most important sort of piece in the jigsaw in terms of making sure that we're doing things the way we said we would do. Yeah, and I think that's exactly. And you know what just came to my mind? And this is perfect. A good training, VE learning slash and learning embedded. And it is that real world because it's people coaching one another, working together because, you know, who are the experts in any environment? It's the one doing the job. That, that's where the real, honestly, that's where real health and safety is. But if we can make it, if the more that we can embed it, the more we can coach and help one another. So about a month or two ago, Jules and I were walking around uh, a session or a conference is what I should say, a show, the show floor. And we, I got Jules to do a little learning himself on how to use a fire extinguisher. And he failed the first time, but through some coaching from the other. Miserably, I have to say. Yeah, well, yeah I mean, the building would have gone up, but it was one of those virtual reality, well, not virtual reality, one of those, um, I don't even know what you technically call it. If, if any of you have seen it at the safety shows, I'm sure many of you have. It's basically a, a screen and you use a real fire extinguisher and you try to put out a fire and it's very sensitive to, I mean, it's all you know, laser and like gamification, if you will. And, but it, it's very reflective of, are you hitting the right points? Are you starting at the bottom? Are you getting it all off? Are you, um, are you uh, sweeping back and forth everything? So you go through the process, you, you know, flip the alarm, then you go through that. And he was talking to Jules as he was doing it. And, you know, again, Unfortunately, the building went up for Jules, but quickly, the second time, you got it. And that is a perfect, honestly, I, that just came to me, but that's a perfect scenario of why does something like that work so well? And it is because it's real. It's right there. It's a mock scenario, if you will. And through some quick discussions, you can be, you can fine tune things to actually learn what did I do wrong? What could I do better while you're going through your training of, you, you know, utilizing a fire extinguisher. So I, I think that's, I think that's very, that's, that's what's real. That's what is impactful when it comes to, to health and safety, because, you know, it's not all, it's not all glitz and glamor. It's not all, you know, the most sophisticated stuff in the world, health and safety. It's what are some basic things that we can ensure and help everyone around an organization get better at, you know, and that's one example. I mean, I mean there's a plethora that we could utilize or, or talk about, but you know, that's one piece that if, if we can at least get in there and get more, more real, honestly, if you will, I think that's when we'll start checking boxes and hopefully seeing better attention to employees. So better attention to environments, which hopefully, will show a better reflection of continual reduction of incidents, reduction of serious injuries, fatalities, you know, yada, yada, the list goes on. Maybe it's property damage, whatever it is, you know, how many are because of just, I don't know what the word would be. I was going to say a brain fart, but whatever your brain, you're just, whatever it's called. How many times are incidents occur because of that? I mean, I've, I've had numerous close calls just, because I don't want to put on my safety glasses. I just need to cut this one piece of wood, you know, and speck hits you on the side of the face and you just kind of, that was close, <laughs> you know, it, and it is that just basic 
how can we instill that in everyone? And, and that's, to me, that's one of the most crucial parts of, of learning and training together. It's, it's just instilling that knowledge. I think, I think there's one sort of final point as well, Langdon, I think it's just kind of been going through my head as we've been talking is we've talked a lot about sort of attention and, and attention spans is, is a really interesting thing that, that, that is really relevant. I think these days, and, and I can go back to my Excel, my first point about Excel here, because, um, you think about attention spans and it, and it's 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 recognized isn't it that the human attention span is shrinking i mean and there's some crazy numbers out there we'd have to check the sort of research on it there's some crazy numbers that that sort of the average attention span is is into seconds now so sort of single digit seconds um in fact somebody suggested a goldfish might have a better attention span than some people these days but I, i'm not going to i'm not going to confirm or deny that one but it but it's 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 a fact isn't it and part of that is because of the world we live in where we're we're kind of bombarded with all of these different solutions and systems and social media and it's all vying for our attention and and kind of that's the way the brain is starting to get wired um so actually short and punchy training is is more easily consumable and taken on board than these longer traditional training sessions. So, so the link back to my Excel piece was was our colleague Marissa very kindly told me about actually a, a whole bunch of TikTok videos that we can get ar around Excel, but they're short, they're punchy, and they're easy and they're consumable. So you can go and find the one thing that you want to know about. And you can get a quick and easy solution. And again, I think that's a principle we should be applying into the world of health and safety. Yeah, because I, I thought TikTok was just for dancing and stuff, to be honest with you. You know, your quick little. I, I have, I, my claim to fame is I've only ever done one TikTok video, which was where I had my, I've got two daughters and they, they encouraged me to do this with them, where they each had a bowl of water in front of them. And, and, and the principle was the question would come up on the phone and I had to say which daughter was best at what. So it would come up, who's the best driver? And, and I would dunk the head of the best driver into the bowl of water. But I, I do have to say I did bottle most of them and just dunk both of them each time because then that way they couldn't shout at me. That's fair. Yeah, that's good. Anyway, dragging it back back to sort of summarising sort of around health and safety. I think some some we could we could talk about this one all day. I, I, I know we could because we we often have. But some really key points here is that is is that blended approach, isn't it? We need to we know we need to do the compliance training, but how can we to take the golfing analogy, bring in those sort of more regular daily tweaks um, where we just refresh people, we remind people, and prompt people about the things that, that that we want to do but also make it real world so make that training relevant to the things that that people are actually doing in the real world um and and, and make it easy for them them to consume and also evidence back that they've taken on board what it is that we've been talking about yeah and and something you just said you know thinking about that with the whole with the whole quicker learning you know i remember what was it probably 10, 15 years ago when I, or 15 years ago, when I was in college and during those days, they all said, there was some study like 50 out of a 45, 50 minute class, people would get the first five to 10 minutes in the very end. And everything in the middle was kind of grainy. So you think about that now and you're right. It, it probably is 
a minute, you know, whatever. But you still have then that which we've done some discussions on, and this is a whole nother, we won't go fully down that road, but you have that whole, how can I ensure that what I'm providing is going to help the worker who works differently, who maybe is a little older, so they, they think differently, to then the younger who thinks differently and might want it quicker. So, And that's where good learning, good training, they are embedded. And it is from that principle of trying to meet all of them. You know, a few years ago, they were going through the whole to ensure that everyone truly understood if when during the e-learning, you might have two slides, three slides, and then you had some type of learning activity, something to make it real. So, you know, as we think about it going forward, it's definitely, I think when it comes to that perspective, it's how can we ensure that whatever we do, health and safety training, any just general awareness, people understand, make it fun, make it, make it, make it real. Honestly, put some type of quick learning activity, some little knowledge check, even if the all the answers are irrelevant and dumb and there's only one that's directing them. It's taking them from just reading or just seeing or being read to. And actually I have to use a little bit of common sense to determine which is the correct answer or what am I looking for here? So I, I think that's, that's super relevant when we're talking about pulling someone off their job anyways, when they, they're not getting paid to take a training. That's a lot of the perspectives, you know, I've, I've, heard that numerous times. So make it fun. Look, you don't have to do your job for the next five minutes. Let's have some fun with this course, you know, and, and hopefully you'll get something, you'll get something out of it that may be changed. So I, yeah, I totally agree. This is something we could, we could banter on for hours. Yeah. So I think, I think so, it's, it's about that flexibility of approach, isn't it? I mean, health and safety, there are going to be some bits that, are, that they're not, they're not that exciting. We know that. But I think what can we think about to make it more fun to do? And I think that gamification piece is a really good one where actually across all of health and safety, whether it's it's learning, whether it's the reporting of things, where actually we can start to bring a bit of a competitive element into into it between individuals and teams is a, is a really good point. So I think at, at that point, we've, we probably want, need to be drawing to a close. Great conversation. Um, as always, um, I think there's 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 plenty we can be thinking about. Um, how do we move from from sort of uh, our compliance state to excellence? And it's by not just ticking the boxes. We we tick the boxes, but actually, how can we bring in those sort of more daily, more regular, short, punchy learnings to to make training just a part of what we do? Yeah. So. We look forward to you joining us again next week for for our next podcast. And and this is something that's really close to my heart, which is is starting to think about how do we engage leadership in, in safety activities and make them sort of proactive around safety activities across an organization. If you enjoyed this podcast, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Please follow and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, uh, you can also check us out at evotix.com. And if you want to really check out how follically challenged we are, you can follow us on YouTube. Okay, so you can like and subscribe on YouTube. That would be great. It'd be great to talk today. Thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. And watch each other's back. <laughs>